Good morning, Ram Nation. Welcome into DNBR Rams Live, presented by High Plains Strains, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary, providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DNBR to take advantage of their sweet deals. Hope everybody's feeling all right this morning. I'm not feeling uh, like a million bucks myself for a sports day. Feeling a little under the weather. I don't know what's been going around lately. It just feels like it's been uh, hitting everybody, but it's been a rough week for CSU football in the transfer portal, man. They've lost a couple of projected starters. I'm going to dive into that. I'm going to talk about the whole NIL conundrum, how sustainable all of this is, how worried Ram fans should be on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, also going to preview the CSU Pueblo matchup for CSU men's basketball. Kind of a bounce back opportunity, I feel like, after a tough loss to St. Mary's. Obviously, wasn't the end of the world metric-wise. Didn't kill them. They only dropped a couple spots in the AP poll, which is imperfect, but still kind of a a nice little check-in of where the Rams stand uh, on a national level, obviously. Uh, but they really need to kind of cement their status here as a contender in the Mountain West and you know as a legitimate top 20 program. As we get into the conference slate, I think we're going to find out a lot about that team over the next five games. Before we dive into all of that, uh, I did kind of want to start with some positive news. Hidatora Hanada has been placed on scholarship. Hanada is just one of those unique stories in sports. I mean, he basically had zero football background after being an amateur sumo tra- champ, uh, decided to give it an opportunity, uh, made kind of some just, I don't know, caught some attention, you know, at a camp, uh, had some pretty big schools interested in him just because of his athletic frame, ended up earning a scholarship on the team. It's everything that you love about sports. Dude works his butt off. He's strong as an ox. I think he has a chance to be impactful next season. Uh, It just kind of feels like one of those rare, wholesome stories about college athletics going the right way for once. Gotta love that. Also gotta love a former CSU associate head coach, Tim Skipper, pulling out the win with Fresno State in the New Mexico Bowl against New Mexico State. I've told this story before, so I'm not going to get too repetitive here. Skip is who ultimately hired me for CSU football, got me the in with Tom Ellers, basically jump-started my entire career. So I've got nothing but love for Skip. Love to see him get that opportunity. Hope to see him get an opportunity as a head coach someday because guy's been an associate head coach for a lot of big-time programs. For a long time now, he's a great recruiter. He's a great guy. Anybody that was around the program at that time will tell you the exact same thing. We're going to get into this NIL stuff. We're going to talk about the Rams, all of that. Real quick, when you get hurt, Bax and Shanker, they are here to help. Bax and Shanker win for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. There's no upfront fee to work on your case. No fee while they work on your case. Uh, No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. They've already won over a billion dollars to their clients. They have more locations than ever, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. They have the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Bax and Schenker helps all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault, car accident, motorcycle, ride, share, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Bax and Schenker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bax and Schenker wins. Also, guys, it shouldn't be a hassle to buy tickets. It's become such an annoying process over the years. All these hidden fees, service fees, a surprise you wanted to go to a game on a Tuesday fee. It's just become ridiculous. That's why we love game time. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all these sports, music, comedy, theater, anything. If there's an event, if there's tickets, they will have it. 
last minute killer deals, including all in prices, views from your seats, their best price guarantee, and they take the guesswork out of buying tickets. The price that you see is the price that you get. None of the last minute fees I was joking about, the, the all in price up front is the, the deal that you're going to get. So the price you see is the price you pay. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, sometimes even an hour after it starts. You can use their flash zone deals where you can save almost 20%. It's awesome. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use that code DNVR for $20 off your pers- first purchase. Again, terms do apply. Again, create an account, use that code DNVR for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Shout out to everybody for getting up with us nice and early this morning. Again, rough, rough sporting night in the Mile High City. The Broncos with, yeah, we don't even have to get into that. Just a stinker. The Avs and Nuggets fall. CSU women's basketball, they did pull out the victory, though, after uh, falling on Saturday night. So that was great to see. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Let's get into this portal situation because that's obviously... What everybody is here for um, didn't start so rough for CSU. Did lose TJ Crandall pretty on, pretty early on. A guy you expected to start at corner next year. He had a couple of starts as a true freshman, flashed some really great ball skills. He's a guy who coverage-wise, PFF really loved. Tough loss. Uh, not shocking, especially given his athleticism. He's a guy that going back to, I mean, the start of fall camp, Henry Blackburn, Jack Howell, Freddie Banks, Jay, they were all kind of raving about him. That's a huge loss. He's already getting significant P5 interest since then. And the, the two major ones, we're not going to dive into everybody. The two major ones since then, Lewis Brown, wide receiver, a guy who really had a, a, a pretty solid sophomore campaign, uh, kind of got forced onto the field earlier than he probably should have as a, a freshman, but you really saw him come into his own. As the season went on, um, obviously had a huge game in the Rocky Mountain Showdown, 135 yards against the Buffs, scored a couple of key touchdowns down the stretch in conference play, really solid route runner, great athlete, a guy with natural hands. I think I think he projects to be pretty dang good. He is a huge loss. Now, of course, Grady Kelly, uh, interior defensive lineman, been really impactful for CSU going back three years now, multi-year starter. A guy who, honestly, him and and Baratow in the middle there, they ate up so many double teams. They just, they did a lot of the dirty work that allowed some of these guys on the edge to really thrive week after week. And losing a guy like Kelly, who's another player that PFF really loves a lot, it's tough. I mean, he obviously would have been a a starter in his senior season. Um, He's a guy that you found had really little interest from big schools coming out of Navarre, Florida, same program that produced Dante Wright. You bring him in under Adazio. He's one of the few Adazio recruits, uh, signees that actually sticks around, ends up being one of the impactful players. And now, unfortunately, uh, he's going to go elsewhere. Already have seen him post about an offer from Kansas, which is, of course, where Devin Phillips, defensive tackle from the Rams last year, ended up. It's frustrating. Um, I, I First of all, I don't want to be taken wrong here because I I don't have any gripes with the players chasing a bag, if that is the case. Obviously, Jay Norvell's article uh, in the Coloradoan from Kevin Lytle came out this week. A lot of people were mocking him because of the transfer situation with the, the former Nevada guys that came over. It's not the same situation. A lot of those guys were going to transfer either way because Norvell their head coach left. We see that pretty often. What's happening now is tampering. And I've talked about this before. 
uh, the the landscape of NIL actually changed pretty drastically not that long after Jay took the CSU job. Just some of the restraints that were put on early on because it existed, but some of those restraints that were put on initially kind of got taken off and the whole landscape shifted. I really don't think, I mean, I guess I can't say because Tori has such a great relationship with Norvell, but you know, if he was getting offered a hundred K coming out of Reno, maybe he doesn't end up in Fort Collins in the first place. And coaches make millions and millions of dollars. I don't have a, a beef with players wanting a piece of the pie. I think they certainly deserve it. It's just really hard to maintain a roster on a year-to-year basis right now, especially when you are a G5 program. You have coaches in the DMs of all of your best players. It's been an issue for a couple years now. I mean, I know guys have been going after Jack Howell. SEC teams were going after Torrey Horton before last season. I'm sure he's gotten more offers now. Uh, we have some questions here. Any guesses on what schools were offering Fowler Nicolosi 600K? I, I, I have no idea. Feel free to speculate in the comment section. Um, another question from Sterling Productions here regarding BFN. Any insight on if there was any NIL money from the Green and Gold Guard to keep him in Port Collins? I hope so. I mean, if he is turning down that type of cash, I hope he is getting compensated to some extent. Um, but it's a it's a real problem for CSU right now, guys. We don't have enough money to keep all of the talent that our coaches are going out and finding. And I think it's a real strength of this staff identifying high school talent. I think there's talent that slips through the, the cracks because some of these bigger schools are so focused on portaling these days that they're not recruiting the high school level quite as much. In, in some ways that can be beneficial for CSU. I mean, Jay Norvell kind of talked about that when he came on, I think it was 2022 signing day when he came into studio we sat down, we talked about the the future of the roster, some of the holes they needed to address like tight end. We talked about how his recruiting approach has had to shift over the years, how NIL has really changed it because guys that they would have been in the mix for even two, three years ago, I mean, now they're getting $50,000, $100,000 offers at times, sometimes even more drastic. Um, again, sometimes I wonder how real some of these numbers are. I think Frankly, a lot of the numbers that get quote unquote offered are B. I mean, there's just, there's no oversight here. There's no restraints. It's basically the wild, 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 wild west. Good Lord. Um, But I just, I don't know how sustainable it is. And a lot of these players are finding out the hard way that the grass isn't always greener. A lot of G5 guys, they make the jump up. Their snaps go down if they don't completely uh, fall off the map altogether when, you know, you could have stayed, been the face of a program and, and still ultimately proven yourself that you can compete at the NA, at the next level. Look at a guy like Trey McBride. I mean, ultimately goes on to be a top 55 pick. Now he's one of the better tight ends in the NFL. He won a Mackie. I mean, Torrey Horton's doing his thing. Dallin Holker, second team All-American, basically across the board finalist for the Mackie. I know he's a guy that came over from BYU, so maybe not a perfect example, um, but the the tampering sucks. Like if a guy is wants to leave and he wants to explore what's out there, I don't have any issue with that. You know, coaches, they go, why shouldn't the players have some opportunity to potentially better themselves opportunities that they maybe didn't have early on. I do think there needs to be a lot more oversight. And one of the things that's kind of gone viral this week is Chip Kelly's uh, speech before the LA bowl. He just kind of talked about needing a conference commissioner and how there needs to be a governing body that's unanimous that has control over all of college football. It's something I've long argued. I don't know if it'll happen because I think the egos of the big 10, the sec, 
I think that gets in the way. Uh, but I, I do think you need some oversight here because while I'm okay with having player movement, while I'm okay with having these opportunities, you need to have some type of regulation. I mean, free agency within pro sports is really regulated and you can't be tampering. And, you know, if we're going to make it closer to pro sports, all right, that's fine. But we got to get some regulations here. And what I fear is it's not coming because I think that the the NCAA, although I do wonder how much longer they're even going to be a real factor for governing college football, but this is kind of what they wanted in the first place. A bunch of old dudes who scoffed at the fact that the players were demanding money. They said it was going to be chaos if we allowed transfers and to an extent they were kind of right, but also it was a situation where they were like, fine, you, you want to have some fun. And they just left a matchbook out and an open thing of gasoline and, you know, some lighter fluid and a couple of big lighters. And they're like, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens then. And the whole thing has lit up in a, in a major way. Um, I think it's really disheartening. If you are a fan of a program like CSU, if you're a fan of any of these smaller schools who, you know, you, you see your, your staff go out and find under the radar talent, coach them up. They start to make an impact as a younger player. You expect them to really break out, you know, in your roster and then you, you lose them. Um, it's tough. And I just wonder how sustainable it is from a year to year basis, because like I said, a lot of the money being thrown around is fake. You know, these kids are never going to get what they offer or get what they're offered. They're never going to get all the promises that they're sold. Um, I just, I wonder how many teams truly have the financial backing to do this year in and year out because nobody's immune. I mean, we're seeing Georgia lose a lot of guys to the portal and even some of their alum are like, what the hell is going on here? I think you'll see certain teams make runs. You know, I think Ole Miss is kind of an example that's been thrown a lot, um, thrown around a lot in the national college football conversations about having a favorable schedule next year. The playoff obviously is expanding to 12. If they go out and spend a bunch of money in the portal, you know, you can make a run next year under the right circumstances. And maybe even CU could be a good example of that. You have a quarterback, you have Travis Hunter, you know, if you rebuild the offensive line, you go get a couple of key pieces. You can make a, a dramatic run in theory, but are they going to have the money to compete year in and year out with an Alabama with a Georgia? No, I mean, they're just not. And, and that's not an anti-CU thing. That's 99.9% of the schools, including 75% of the SEC. And that's why I think Ole Miss is a good example because, Yes, they might make a, a run one year, but are they going to do it year in and year out? And is this ultimately good for college football? I don't know, because I don't know how you maintain the interest of fans that basically feel like they're being, you know, left out of the picture altogether. Now they're losing players. Like at some point, you've thrown all the history out. You've abandoned the tradition. Now it's pure chaos. Like at some point, I think some of these fans look around and say, like, what do I care I mean, it feels kind of like uh, like if you're a Rockies fan, for instance, like you're looking at the the Dodgers and what they can do with Shohei Otani and just writing blank checks. And then, you know, as a, a baseball fan in Colorado, it's like, oh, all right, well, I guess I'll tune in to watch Otani hit, you know, dingers against the Rockies. I I don't know. I just think it's really, really disheartening. I think the the tampering is a major issue, and I know that. People are going to roll their eyes because Jay took transfers in too, but that's part of the game. And frankly, the the people that are taking shots claim to know the game, but don't know the nuance or the difference between the two situations. I find that a bit ironic, but it's a situation where CSU is going to need more NIL if they want to be a factor, if they want to keep players. The truth is the Rams have been pretty fortunate up to this point. 
You know, they were able to hold on to Trey McBride. They've been able to hang on to Torrey Horton to this point. You know, they Isaiah Stevens, David Roddy on the basketball side, they haven't had this mass exodus where, you know, they've, they've been a farm system, but it's, it's starting to feel like it's going in the wrong direction. Um, I, I do want it to be clear. This isn't like a, a, you know, a phone rally. I'm not trying to be like, call this number if you want to donate to NIL, but I do just want the reality to be that while I don't put the pressure on you, I understand if, frankly, you can't afford to to support NIL or you just don't want to. Then you need to understand what the situation is going to be for a program like CSU with the, the resources at their disposal. You see people crack jokes, say it's like JUCO. It's nothing like that. But if, if you want to be able to keep talent, you have to have a factor in NIL. I know that a lot of old school administrators are not huge supporters of NIL because they understand that people only have so much money to donate. And if they're donating it to NIL, then what does that mean for the general scholarship fund and all the other things that people used to donate to? I don't know, get creative, but you've got to evolve or die. And we need CSU at an institutional level to embrace NIL more aggressively. And I hope to see it happen. Shout out to the, the green and gold guard. They do a phenomenal job, but you, know, you need the school to like really lean into it, do everything you can to just maximize revenue opportunities, opportunities, make it feel like these guys don't need to go up to get the type of attention or compensation that they feel that they deserve. If not, you're going to continue to lose guys. Now at this point, you've lost three guys that I projected to be starters with TJ Crandall, Lewis Brown, and uh, now Grady Kelly. That's a tough spot, but you haven't lost your offensive lineman. You got Justice Ross Simmons coming back. You've got a quarterback in Braden Fowler Nicolosi who flash signs of greatness. And if you have a coach, if you have a quarterback, you have a line, you're going to have an opportunity in college football. Losing two of your key defenders after the regression we saw on the defensive side last year, that's definitely alarming. You're going to need some of these younger guys to pop. You also need to hope that, you know, you don't get poached too much more. I mean, I... I I don't expect the transfers to stop here, but you just want to not lose too many key contributors at this point. I mean, they've already lost a couple more than I expected, to be honest. Uh, Guys that I didn't really expect to chase bags that have. So we'll kind of have to see what happens moving forward. We'll obviously have to see signing class ultimately pans out to be before we overreact or come to any, you know, final judgments or anything like that. It can all change in a hurry. You know, you pick up a couple of key transfers, all of a sudden you're feeling a lot better at the situation, but man, it's been a, it's been a tough week and uh, the significant losses are really starting to add up for the Rams. You've had three key transfer departures. Dallin Holker goes pro. He's a guy that all fall we expected to be back. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with Tory Horton, but certainly would not shock me if he goes pro. That's a especially when the message has essentially been like, we're trying to build off of what was established this year if you lose all the key guys from that, I don't know if you can do that. I mean, it's not like the the locker room is going to be resetting at zero. A lot of the foundation and, and some of the culture and all that, like that still applies, especially for some of these younger guys that are in the building that have been a part of these last couple of seasons here. But, you know, one to 10, I was probably at like a three before Grady Kelly. Now I'm at like probably a five, five and a half. I mean, You've lost multiple key starters. Again, I still feel decent about the situation, just given the fact that you have a quarterback who's flash great talent and, you know, Justice Ross Simmons is great. Some of these other receivers, I think, have an opportunity to 
really be solid. And obviously what we saw from the running backs was phenomenal. Really got to hope you hold on to those guys, guys like Justin Marshall, Damian Henderson and whatnot. But um, yeah, I'm definitely a little bit more worried than I was even a week ago. And I, for those that are frustrated by the, the current landscape of college football, especially, you know, as CSU or, or Mountain West supporters, I get it because it, it's frustrating. And I don't know if it's going to change um, without football, like ultimately breaking away altogether. And then maybe if that happens, you can have some more common sense with the, the regional conferences. Once again, like it makes no sense that because UCLA football is, is going to be in the big 10 that has to also apply to track and wrestling and everything else. But you know, it's the world we're living in. There's not a lot of logic in college sports. There's not a lot of loyalty in college sports and we kind of got what we asked for here. So uh, I'm going to switch over. We're going to talk some hoops here in just a sec. Talk about the number 17 Rams. They've got a big opportunity at home. Get right opportunity against uh, CSU Pueblo. But I do want to shout out the presenting sponsors, High Plains Strains. They provide top quality cannabis, wide variety of products. Check them out for all your needs. They've got infused edibles, high potency concentrates, some of the best flour in the state. Three High Plains Strains location are available in Northeastern Colorado, one in Log Lane Village, one in Garden City, one in Sedgwick. If you're in Northeastern Colorado, they are the dispensary for you. Save time by ordering ahead at highplainstrains.com. Pick up at any of their locations. Make sure you use that code DNVR. They've got drive-thrus, which is so convenient. Uh, Get a full ounce for 80. They've got eighths for 25. Exquisite extracts, four for 40, all kinds of options. Remember to use the code DNVR online or mention DNVR in store to take advantage of these high plain strains deals. Also, shout out to the homies at Breckenridge Brewery. They've been with us since day one. Check out the Breck Beer Locator to find the closest grocery store, liquor store, whatever near you that offers that sweet nectar of the gods. I'm a big uh, avalanche amber ale guy. You can't go wrong around this time of year. Of course, Christmas ale, you know, you can get it in a little mini keg. It's festive, it's fun, it's tasty. Shout out Breck Brew. We all love Breck Brew. Go get yourself a Breck Brew. All right. Before we talk about an opportunity for the men's team to pick up their 10th win of the season, keep this hot streak rolling, really solidify their case as a top 20 program. Obviously, they've got a deceptively tough matchup on the road Friday night against LMU. We'll talk about that more this week. Trying to get some national college basketball voices on the pod as well to kind of give their insight just into where they see the Rams, you know, what type of run they think they could make, all that fun stuff. CSU women's basketball, they lost a heartbreaker to Long Beach State on Friday night, 77 to 76. Um, Turnovers were a big factor in that one. Season high 16 led to 20 points the other way. That's huge in a one-point loss. Bounced back with a nice 69-63 win over UC Irvine last night. Only Colorado team to pick up a dub. Shout out CSU women's hoops. Uh, They were hot from deep, shot 43% as a team. I thought what was great about last night's victory was just the fact that they were able to win without McKenna going crazy. Nice three-point shooting performance from multiple players in this one. McKenna can't drop 30 every night. Solid team dub going into the Mississippi State game Wednesday night. First ever SEC matchup in Moby Arena for CSU women's basketball. Uh, Before we move on to the men's side, got a uh, comment here from my guy, Eric. I'm all for NIL, but there has to be some rules in place to protect competition. Exactly. Like the people that mock folks like me that just point out we want a little bit of regulation, a little bit of restraint. It's so disingenuous to me, either that or they just truly don't understand how pro sports work. If it was just pure chaos and poaching and, you know, if I, the owner of the Broncos who have 
unlimited money could just get in Patrick Mahomes DMs halfway through a season and be like, hey, how about a cool half bill to come over to Denver? Like nobody would enjoy that product. And the competitive product is suffering as a whole. And 90% of college football fans right now are not in a better spot as fans to enjoy the product than they were even just a couple years ago. Like I'm all for players getting a piece of pie. I'm all for players having the opportunity to transfer. We need some regulation. We need some oversight. And frankly, it'll benefit the players too, because a lot of these guys are being sold false promises. They're jumping in the portal for money. That's never going to come. There's no regulation. So why not just say, yeah, we'll give you $600,000. You show up, you find out it's more like 15 K like it's, it's all ridiculous right now. It's pure anarchy. And I think it's going to drive a lot of quality coaches away from the college game, frankly, because uh, right now it's just, it's a never ending struggle. You, you're not only trying to build a team for the future. You're trying to keep the team that you have. You're trying to fill the holes that you may have, depending on what happens with some of your stars. Like it's just, it's the wild, wild West. And we need a little bit of, of oversight if it's going to be a sustainable product. And if we want, you know, college football to be a situation where, the entire country cares, which I think is its greatest selling point, or it always had been in the past with college basketball, college hoops. You know, it's not like NASCAR, which is just in the South. You know, it's not like even pro sports, you know, you have large regions of the country where there are no, you know, pro teams. So they dive all into Nebraska football and Montana and, you know, North Dakota state and all that. We want it to matter on a national level and not just in the big cities where, you know, I understand that they they impact the TV ratings, but, these assholes don't care about college sports in the first place. Uh, let's talk about CSU men's basketball. Let's bring the, the positive vibes back into the mix. Um, they have a get right opportunity. I don't, that might not even be the right way to say it. you lost one game against a really quality St. Mary's team who, by the way, uh, beat UNLV in a thriller last night. Um, man, really close game. We're able to go coast to coast, make a layup as time expired. Tough loss for UNLV. Just when I was starting to come around, just when I was starting to come around, they uh, they dropped the ball again. Three-point shooting. It's going to be a big key in this matchup between the Thunderwolves and Rams. Opponents are only shooting 29% from three-point range against CSU Pueblo. They shoot about 37% themselves, and that's on 25 attempts per game. So they're shooting close to 40% as a team. From deep, they put up a bunch of threes. They're not going to be scared to shoot it. This counts as an exhibition for them. It counts against CSU schedule, so you certainly don't want a slip up against D2 competition, but three-point shooting, you know, the Rams have been a little bit streaky at times this year. If, you know, they hit 15 plus threes and CSU's ice cold, you could see a situation where, you know, Pueblo is able to hang around a little bit. That said, when you look at the the difference in size and athleticism and depth, I think this is an opportunity for the Rams to kind of get back to the groove we saw earlier on Uh, CSU Pueblo. They're not great on the glass. They do force some turnovers and and get out in transition. So I guess that's kind of something to keep an eye on after having an uncharacteristic, getting tongue tied today, man. After getting an uncharacteristic amount of turnovers and that loss to St. Mary's, I can still speak apparently. Um, I think this is an opportunity for CSU to establish themselves in the paint with the size advantage they have with guys like Cartier and Joel Scott. I think you're going to be able to post up whenever you want. Again, I'd like to see that ball movement going playing inside out, working their way in the paint, getting to the line, not just making it a three-point shootout, especially if Pueblo is hot. Although if, you know, the the open shots are there, you obviously got to take it. 
Uh, Pueblo turns it over about 13 times a game. They force 16 turnovers, so ball security is something to keep an eye on. If this is a game where the Rams play with intent and are locked in defensively, they're going to be fine. You know, they, they've just got such an advantage in, in athleticism and depth in this one. Obviously, this is how we should be talking about a matchup with when it's D1 versus D2. Uh, I really wanted to see this team cement their status. The start here has been awesome. You have four high major victories. Got a top 10 win over Creighton. These next five games are going to be huge. You know, how you how you finish out this non-conference slate and then ultimately how you start the conference slate because playing against teams like New Mexico and Boise right out of the gate, that is going to be tough. I think the maturity of this team is going to be huge. Um, I think having a point guard like Isaiah Stevens, it's obviously going to give you an opportunity in any game. It's It's a lot like having a good quarterback. If you have a good quarterback at the college football level, you're going to have a shot. doesn't matter if the other team's way better. I mean, Caleb Williams is the perfect example of that. Uh, you know, he is our Caleb Williams without all of the, without all of the drama that came with that. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how this one plays out a big opportunity for the Rams to get right at home. Uh, before we get out of here, if anybody has any more questions, comments, they would like me to address certainly hop in. We've got one from I'm happy here. College football has a parody problem. We see a high level of parody and chaos for a lack of better word in college basketball, but that presence is not there for football. It's just the roster size and the fact that like you can have a really good college basketball team as long as you have a serviceable rotation. If you have two, three good players, a competitive college basketball team, that's not enough in college football. If you have two like great players in college basketball, that's enough to make a run. The difference in football, while having a quarterback will give you a shot, you still need the offensive line. I mean, it's really like one in the trenches. You know, you need talent out wide. There's just a lot more factors. I think the disparity in depth and resources just becomes a, a lot more apparent in football than it does in any other sport. And that's because some teams are spending, you know, millions and millions of dollars at blank checks. And other teams are simply trying to operate within the constraints of a, a balanced athletic department, which is the the truth for the vast majority of us. Um <clears throat> Kind of comment here, get coaches that draw good players, Hall of Fame, former players and former players that were good and actually coach. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> no no arguments here. Um, it's going to be a really big year, I think, for CSU football. Obviously, the pressure to make a bowl game is immense right now. The pressure to turn it around after years and years of disappointment, it's it's a tough spot, especially after the way that this past season ended. I do think the schedule is favorable uh, with seven home games. Obviously, starting at Texas is going to be pretty tough, but this is huge. They've got to be able to hang on to some of these key players. They've got to be able to hit the ground running a little bit and find some success early on in next year and just kind of recapture some of that energy, some of that that was being felt within the the fan base prior to you know, the start of league play, when I think back to, you know, coming off of the showdown, although it was a disappointing result in the end, then you pull out the the win over Middle Tennessee, you know, you're feeling like, all right, like we could, we could really do something here. And conference play, it starts with Utah State and it was cold, uh, cold water to the face. There was a lot of reality checks for the Rams over this last year. And there continue to be throughout this NIL situation. Truth is, if, if CSU doesn't do better at NIL, they're not going to be a factor it's going to be really hard to maintain talent. It's going to be really hard to retain your key players. It's going to be really hard to retain coaches too, who are going to be searching for opportunities where 
they don't feel like they have to re-recruit their entire team year in and year out. And that's not to say that you're going to be totally immune anywhere because at the end of the day, like this is an issue for every single program in the country. Guys, you know, they just, it's easy to jump ship now. You know, there's just not a whole lot of, well, I'm going to, I'm going to play my way into the starting lineup or I'm going to, you know, outwork this guy. It's just, oh, I, I didn't get it. I'm going to chase the bag. I'm going to go elsewhere. And a lot of these guys are finding out the hard way that the grass is not always greener. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're working on some transfers. Eric, we'll see what happens there. I don't have any names. Um, I don't want to speculate too much. I have a couple of guys I'm keeping an eye on, but I really don't want to get folks hopes up, especially after the last week. It's been, it's been a reality. Yes. The, the QB is staying big 21, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi. They did lose Jackson Stratton who maybe would have been in contention for that QB two two role. But I think Jackson Brousseau is really the only quarterback on the roster that realistically could push BFN right now. And we'll see what happens obviously with Darius Curry, assuming that he signs smaller guy, but he, you watch him run around and throw the football. He feels a lot like Kyler Murray. Um, very, very intriguing. But again, that's I'm very excited about the the opportunities uh, available for Braden Fowler Nicolosi. I think does need to clean up some things, but I think he's uh, I think he's got the mentality. Is what I really love about him. I mean, the arm talent is legit. I've talked about how he's been able to really make some gorgeous throws in, in crunch times. Like the the moment never feels too big for him, but um, it just needs to cut back on the turnovers, hit some of the intermediate stuff a little bit more consistently, and. Some of that's probably on scheme too, you know, being fair to him. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens there. Shout out to everybody in the comment section. It's a fun basketball season, man. We've got to embrace this, enjoy it as much as we can. I'm seeing CSU hoops being projected as like a three seed. Imagine that. It would be really cool to to be able to uh, to have that play out. I mean, more than anything, I just want to see this team get a favorable situation where they can make a run. Sometimes you end up getting a six seed and then you draw like a big 10, 11 team. And it's, it's a rough spot. So I, I more than like the, the glamor of, of being a top four seed, I just want to see them get a, a situation that's going to work out favorably for CSU, potentially make a run, get a, a NCAA tournament win for the first time in a decade. So that's all I've got for you this morning. Uh, I'll have some takeaways from the basketball game this afternoon. Shout out to everybody in the comment section. I appreciate you. Again, the the week, the last week has been tough. I do think that there is certainly cause for concern, especially given the the lack of transfers we've seen coming in at this stage. But you know, this staff does work quietly. We kind of have to give them an opportunity. I mean, I hadn't heard anything about Dallin Holker before he ultimately announced his commitment to CSU last year, and the same could be said about a lot of those guys. So. I do expect the the transfers to come in, especially given now that CSU has lost a couple of guys that projected to start. It's easier to recruit a guy in the portal if you tell him that realistically, you know, he's probably going to be in the starting lineup. It's a little bit easier to bring him in. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, again, much love to all of you. Happy holidays, guys. Shout out to Alyssa behind the sticks, our producer for making everything happen smoothly. None of this would be possible without her. Um, Yeah, that's all I've got. Always proud to be. Peace, friends.
forget.